It's now eight o'clock, and that means that our guest is has arrived, and so we're going to say hello to Miss Champagne. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Good. Girl, I'm so excited to have you on the show tonight. It's so wonderful. You know, I know you, but the the listeners don't. So I would like for you to just introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about who you are. Okay. My name is Florence Champagne, and I'm an author, and I'm also a social worker. Uh, Diana and I met uh, at a nursing home because I was... Uh, uh, the director of social services there, and I've always had an interest in caring for the elderly, uh, and that stems from my grandmother. Her name was Inez, and that led me to write the book that we're going to talk about today, which is Inez's granddaughter. Yes, yes, yes. Now, the book is very interesting. Um, you know, I was reading it, and there were a lot of similarities between the book, which is your family history, and some of my own family history. There's some things that I've read that just took me back down memory lane. (laughs) So I want to just talk a little bit about what made you decide to write this particular book. Well, I've been known to be the family historian. And uh, through my relationship with my grandmother, I would always uh, go down south with her. Uh, A great deal of my family was from Charleston, South Carolina. And I would also spend my summers with my grandmother in Philadelphia. So I spent a lot of time with her, and through my grandmother, I would develop these relationships with family members. So I've developed the relationships with the elders as well as uh, people my own age at the time, and I've always stayed connected to them in some kind of way, and they would always call me Inez's granddaughter. Even when they didn't know my name, they would say Inez's granddaughter. So I grew up with that phrase, especially from the people, uh, my relatives down south, as calling me Inez's granddaughter. And um, when it came time for doing, like, family reunions and family history, I was the one in the family who knew the most about the family, and it was all through my relationship with my grandmother. So I wanted a way to record the family history and to make it permanent. Uh, permanent part of our legacy, of our history, so that anyone could read long after I'm gone about our family history. That's a beautiful thing. And it, it sounds like a a, a lot of uh, hard work undertaking such a thing because you had to put everything in order and, and get all the stories and, and all of that. So you did a lot of interviewing, I'm sure. Yes, but it wasn't a lot of hard work to me because I knew the stories. Mm-hmm. I would hear them, and, and my grandmother would share things for, with me as well as, you know, my own family, immediate family history. And after I became an adult and I started going back to school for social work, I really started asking questions. 
mm-hmm. um, because I knew the value of the family history, and I knew that our elders were dying off. Right. So I would I would then start the interview process, but I already knew a lot about the family history, but I thought I would make it more um, in an interview form so I can get the information through questions that I would ask, mm-hmm. and then I started to record them. Great stuff. Okay, so let's talk about some of the characters because um, the one that that seemed to be the most important, and maybe I shouldn't even say the most important, but a, a very influential, if you will, member of your family, Miss um, Mary Lee. Mm-hmm. I thought that was okay. a very interesting Mary story. Lee, uh, she was my cousin, and she was actually my uh, grandmother's brother's daughter. Mm. Okay, so she was my Uncle George's daughter. And I remember her so vividly in my childhood coming up because she was always laughing and joking and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't see her for a large part of my growing up. And it was like she just disappeared. And then she resurfaced maybe 20 or 30 years later. And I was so glad to see her, but I didn't know her story. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know her story. So I sat down, and I was uh, deep into my social work education at that time. So I sat down with her, and I, I said, Marilee, where have you been? I want to know what's been going on. And then she told me about her experiences, her ups and downs, her bouts with drugs and, and different things that she's been exposed to. And she had so much to share and it seems as though she wanted to unload it on somebody. So it was a perfect match, it was a perfect opportunity for me to gather information from her, for her to share her story with someone who was really interested and wanted to hear, and then um, to, to make some sense of it all as far as her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I guess she probably felt comfortable talking to you because you didn't have any judgments you just wanted to know I had no judgment because I was so glad to see her Mm -hmm. I I remember her as a happy part of my childhood right so I was just so glad to see her that I wanted to hear it all I really Mm -hmm. wanted to I was like hungry for knowledge and information okay and I was also hungry for her perspective and um, her her psyche, if you will, mm-hmm. her way of thinking, what led her to do certain things and behaviors and things like that. And she was finally mature enough and at the stage where she was ready to share mm-hmm. and ready to tell it all because she has been through it all and, and thought through it all. Wow. Okay, you know that's that's some deep stuff. And it, it, you know what I also noticed, and of course I'm not through the book. I'm I'm like midway through chapter ten, mm-hmm. so I haven't read the whole thing yet. But what I've noticed so far is there are a lot of women that you talk about in your family. A lot of strong women who had to keep everything together, and it seems like that's a bit of your legacy, you know, of coming from a a line of very strong, determined females. Would you agree with this? 
And and I I do believe that um, there was a lot of strong women in my family, and I always tried to find the reason for things. And uh, I believe that God exposes you to every experience for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of uh, ups and downs. They were positive and negative, but I do believe that it was all good. Mm-hmm. So I try to find the reasons and the good in everything. And um, the thing that I did see was the resilience and the strength of my elders mm-hmm. throughout uh, tough circumstances. And uh, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always um, as clean cut as some families may have been, um, but still, what was the common thread? Mm-hmm. This is this is my landscape. This is my quilt. This is, right. you know, all the pieces of the fabric that made me who I am today. So I wanted to find that common thread. And some people say, you know, uh, generational curses. And mm-hmm. I did, you know, really believe that uh, I was repeating patterns that has happened in the past mm-hmm. uh, based on my own behaviors. And then when I, I began to document it all and who did what and things like that. Right. And I did begin to see common threads. So I, I really, really wanted to capture that. I wanted to find some meaning and purpose in it all. And so that's that's what really led me to writing. I've been journaling for over 25 years. Mm -hmm. So I've been keeping a a documentation of all of the experiences that I've had, never knowing that I would write a book someday. But um, it was in 2012 when I had a heart attack that uh, I almost lost my life and I had to have open-heart surgery. And when the doctor told me that, they have to go in to perform open-heart surgery right away or they may lose me. And he said there's also a 50% chance when we do perform it, we still may also lose you. The only thing I could think about at that moment was the fact that I didn't finish my book. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish the one thing that God instilled in my heart to do. Mm. So that really gave me the motivation to finish my writings, even though I've been accumulating it for over 25 years. Right. Wow. Well, that that is a good catalyst to get you moving and finishing up what you, what like you say, what God gave you the vision of. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I agree with you on that. You know, I'm 50. I'll be 55 years old this year, and God willing, and I'm just <laughs> really getting to the point of getting my dream together of getting it really started really going so i understand what you're saying and i i I commend you for doing this because um i know for you you said you've been doing it over 25 years but the book came about fairly quickly so uh i think i don't know when exactly it was released but it was last year sometime right 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 it was so um, last july yeah so let me ask you are you um Writing any other books? Do you have anything else? Yes, I am. I am working on another book, and it is dealing with my journey with heart disease. 
Okay. So, um, yes, I, I, I do believe I have a story to share there as well. Yeah, I think and, you do, my uh, sister. Since, <laughs> yeah, since, since I've, I've had my heart attack, since I am a survivor now, and I do educate other women through an organization called Women Heart. So I give, um, we have support group meetings once a month mm-hmm. at Southern Maryland Hospital Center. Okay. And I just educate women on heart disease, how to live healthy lifestyles um, so that they won't um, be in the same situation that I was in. Yes, well, you, you've always been trying to help people, Miss um, Florence. Ever since I've known you, that's how I see you as an educator um, and somebody who cares deeply for, for human beings. Yes, well, thank you. And it all comes from my grandmother. Yeah, it seems like you you guys had some fun growing up, though. I, I particularly feel akin to the the part of the book where you were talking about the music and and dancing and and you know performing oh, yeah. music oh i love that oh my gosh i was like wow she music could have been in my was house. such a big part of yeah. my childhood it mm. wasn't even funny it was just a, a really big part and i grew up in in the 60s and the 70s Mm-hmm. So I think the music reflected our time. Whatever was going on um, the, at that time, the artists, the, the 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 awesome, the brilliant artists, brought it out in the music mm-hmm. at that time. You know, James Brown. You know, with with you know his music and yes. and Marvin Gaye yeah, and definitely. and everybody that 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 was an artist at that time. So we would mimic them, and we would sing, and we would be, I had a large family, Mm -hmm. so my brothers and I, we would pretend to be either the Temptations or Diana Ross and the Supremes. Whatever was going on, there was a soul train, there was a show called The Highlight Show. It was a dance show with teenagers in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So we would practice and be them in our living room. And that, that is what led us to developing our own band. And so we started, at nine years old, I was singing and dancing in nightclubs. And eventually, <laughs> the, the biggest gig that I did was Amateur Night at the Apollo. It was wow. uh, at the Apollo Theater in New York. But yeah, yeah, the music was so influential at that time that, you know, we were all doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is true, because I'm also of that era, and we had we used to have dance parties, and you know I was I'd save my pennies and buy my little forty fives every week, you know, and <laughs> I had a great collection of forty fives. Yes, I did. I probably could okay. make money off those now if I could put my hands on them. I have a few. I don't know what happened to them over the years, but that was the best part of growing up to me was the music. All yes, types yes. and all kinds. Yeah, yeah. So I never really, we didn't form a group or anything, but I certainly used to record us singing. <laughs> <laughs> singing those songs. Oh, my gosh. That was so much fun. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it book sure, just kind of took sure. me in the, in the traveling down south to see relatives and all of that. I was like, wow, this is just great. You know, it just takes you back to what life used to be. And the, and your points about the neighborhood helping to raise the children, of the, that is something that is sorely lacking in today's society. I wish we could go back to that, you know. Oh, everybody yeah, looked absolutely. Out for, for all the children and, of the neighborhood, yeah. My grandmother's uh, street, she lived on a small, narrow street in Philadelphia called Wanamaker Street. And I'm telling you, one car could barely get, get down the street. It was that narrow. Mm-hmm. But people would park on the curb, on the sidewalk. I mean, they just made up their own parking spaces. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how small the street was. But the families... The, the, the sense of community mm-hmm. was so tight, it was ridiculous. It was like it didn't matter who your mother or father was because if somebody called you out of line, you were going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just how tight it was in that community. So we all, it's like every household had about five or six kids, mm-hmm. and we all stayed in the street just playing games. We never wanted to be in the house. We never wanted to mm-hmm. be up under, you know, our parents or our elders or whatever because we could make up more fun. Right. You know, even just just singing the songs off the radio station on each other's porches, we mm-hmm. were making up our own fun. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. This book is just, mm-hmm. it's just a great book. I, um, can you tell people where they can find it? Well, they can get it from my website. I have a blog, and um, it's called www.kindred, K-I-N-D as in David, R-E-D, spirits, S-P-I-R-T-Z, at blogspot.com. Okay. I'm going to have to subscribe to that myself. I didn't know that, Ms. Florence. <laughs> yes, yeah. Also, if you just do a, a search for Inez's granddaughter, you can see um, where, to, where to purchase the book. It's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble, things like that. So, yeah, you can also do a search. You can do a search for my name, Florence Champagne, and you will see where my... Um, my uh, book will come up. Oh, child, think, speaking of names, uh, I like the part in the book where you talk about how it was like a a tribute to past family members to name your children after after them. Like you, for right. yourself, you said you were named, I think you said for your grandmother? Or my your grandmother. I was named after my grandmother. And it, it's fascinating to see. And, and I recommend that anyone their own family tree and people should look into their past and once you start to put it down on paper you will see patterns any family member I challenge anybody out there that's listening to start to write down their family history and go back as far as you can and you will see the connections through people naming naming their children after other relatives that they were close to. Mm-hmm. So if I had a sister named Kat, 
I might name my daughter Kathy after my sister because we were close. Mm-hmm. So you'll start to see that pattern. If I had a, 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 a father named Robert, I might name my son Robert. And you start to see, you actually start to see which family members were close to which other family members mm-hmm. because of the naming patterns. So it's a lot that could be said about names, and even some names you don't know. Like, you know, where did this name come from? Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw a lot of um, names that, you know, were very, very similar. But the name Inez, I didn't see a lot. Right. But I did find one other relative named Inez. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, that's where my great-grandmother got it from. Mm. So you'll start to understand, and you can connect the dots. You know, dig deep enough. Because to me, Inez was an unusual name. And, you know, my name was Florence, and my grandmother was named Florence, and I had a, uh, my father's name was uh, James, and his father's name was James. But when I looked at the name Inez, I began to say, well, who else was named Inez? Mm -hmm. And I dig deep enough, and I did find out that there was a relative named Inez. And it's usually because of the relationship and association someone has with that relative that they will name their child after that mm-hmm. relative. Well, in my family, I have a, I had an uncle, he's deceased now, who had three sons named Norman. And his name was Norman. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have never wow. figured that one out, you know. And he's not around for me to ask him. But he had... Big Norman, Little Norman, Norman Jr. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. That's good. So I, I, I just felt the responsibility to record all of this because uh, I, I just felt it was some rich history there in our family. And whoever, you know, long after I'm gone, could look at the book, read through it, and find out about their own family history. Right. That's a pretty neat idea. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat idea. Well, thank you for writing the book, and I'm looking forward to you writing other books. Um, you know, I I didn't go through your heart disease, but I am aware of of what happened, and that's going to be a phenomenal story, and hopefully a wake up call to some people. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to releasing it as well and I would tell anyone out there don't be afraid to explore your family history and to record it because once we lose the elders we lose them we lose their stories that's true so I would say start right now with the oldest person in your family Mm -hmm. Uh, get their story just sit down with them and and, and get their story find out what it was like when they were growing up Mm mm-hmm you know, what their, what their childhood was like, who was in their life at that time, what were the relatives' names, because once they're gone, they are gone. And I feel really sad for people that don't know their family history. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people that go, can't go any further than their grandmother right? because they just don't know. That's true. And, but there's a lot of stories out there. If you sit and listen. 
you know, as a girl, that's I was famous for being up in the cut, listening to the adults talk about, you know, reminisce about what had happened, you know, in their lives and, and growing up and all of that kind of stuff and all the other kids be outside <laughs> running and playing. And mm-hmm. th- until somebody, one of them would say, well, Donna's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love it. I used to love listening to the stories. So, right, yeah, right. You were like a fly on the wall. Yes, girl. <laughs> I'd be sitting yeah. there so quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Taking it all that's, in. Yes. That's good. That's good. Okay, so, um, you know, I, in the book, you related a lot of things that you saw in your family to um, the elderly that you serviced um, working at the nursing home. I thought that was an interesting comparison. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I tried not to do it too much, mm-hmm. but because in social work they call that transference, like when you see um, someone that reminds you yeah. of a family member mm-hmm. and you, try, you, you know, it's almost like you act like that person is your family member um so you may or may not take it out on them based on your experiences with that family member so i try not to do it too much but i could not help but think about how certain people reminded me of certain people in my own family and i did talk about an elderly woman who was refusing to eat Mm -hmm. and that was her way of protesting and that was the one thing that she could control. Right. And she was being very stubborn. And, you know, I, when I think about the psyche of some of, some of the people that I had to care for, I, it, it almost helps me understand what's going on in their mind. You know, and I, I compare... I compare some of the stories. I went back and forth because as a social worker, I would just, it was just so relatable for me when I thought about each and every time I worked in a nursing home, how I thought about a particular family member. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think that's true, yeah. I, even for myself, I can make correlations between not just family members, but just people I know in general. Okay, and then the family scenes were cool too. Like you talked about when you were convalescing and your family was there, and you—you, you, I think you said you guys were having a debate or something, and then the music came on, Marvin oh, Gaye's song came on. I was recovering from my open heart surgery, and I—I I, I just love my family so much. They were all in the bedroom with me, and my family loves to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, no matter what's going on, I'm half sick and everything, and they're debating about something that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but uh, Marvin Gaye came on. Uh, I forget what song it was. Uh, can't find no work, can't find no job, my friend. You know that song? Uh, no. I, I forget I the think. name of it. But anyway, it has a nice beat to it. Mm-hmm. So... Whatever the debate that was going on, and I'm in the bed, 
and I'm in the bed just trying to breathe, just trying to recover, and my my family's all in the bedroom with their voices raised, debating about something, and then this song comes on, and then everybody stops and starts singing. I got up from the bed, (laughs) and I joined them. Mm -hmm. My son whips out his uh, iPad and starts video recording the whole thing, it, it was just such a moment that took me back to my childhood mm-hmm. because we would always perform. Yeah. We would always sing, in, even in the face of tough times. And that's what I wrote about in that book, and sharing just that one experience about us stopping everything and just singing and dancing together like we used to. That sounds like such a special moment. It was. It really, really was. And there was that was some real healing taking place. I said, I'm supposed to be recovering, but I'm up here. And then we look back on it, all of us, and say, weren't you supposed to be recovering? I said, I was. I was recovering. And that was that a part was a, of it. Yeah, a different type of healing mm-hmm. taking place. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's so wonderful that your family is close like that. My family is is as well and I, I don't even want to think about my life without that mm. you know it's just mm-hmm. it's who who we are yeah yeah it is and I really didn't think about them having such an impact on my life the way that they did but um, after you know I tried to gather all the materials and uh, all the information, and I went through really some tough times with the with the book, with all of our ups and downs, abusive relationships, and things like that, and how I saw how we came out of it on the other side, and uh, I talk about how forgiving my mother was towards my father, and things like that, and the, and the strength that she had, and the resilience. Mm-hmm. that she and my grandmother and different elders had in my family. And then even to the point of me recovering from my open heart surgery and having everybody rally around me like that, um, I, you know, I like quotes and I like to pull out different quotes um, from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I found one from Maya Angelou that said, I sustain myself with the love of my family. Mm-hmm. And that became an introduction to my book. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Miss Champagne, for taking time out of your day to discuss this with us. Um, of course... Oh, you're welcome. I recommend that people go get this book. It's, it, you're going to laugh. You're going to cry. <laughs> you're going to do all of that. Because <laughs> it's going to make you remember things that happen in your own life, in your own families. I'm telling you. Yeah. Just go get it and enjoy it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. It is a pleasure to have you. Now, when you finish the other book, you have to come back and we're going to talk about that one as well. I sure will. All right. Great. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, that was wonderful. And I'm telling you, I like I said, I'm not even completely finished the book, but it is so good. I read it every opportunity that I have, every free moment. It's on my Kindle, actually, and I take it with me. And anytime I have a free moment, like when I go to lunch at work, 
um, you know, just anything. When I'm waiting for whatever I'm waiting for, I'm reading that book because it's like that. It's good. So please get your copy. And remember the blog, Kindred Spirits with a Z, dot blogspot dot com. All right. That was fun. I love talking to friends. <laughs>